the internet's back. Thank God for that. I don't know what I would do without the internet. Welcome back to Dispatches from the Afterscape. This this pasta's from the Afterscape? This this patch, this dirt. Shut up, Hunter. You're not allowed to talk anymore. You broke the internet. I broke it. I uh, I uh, got some water on the router, and uh, suffice to say, I fixed it, so that's all that matters. Right, Rob? It's only been a month. It's been a month, but, like, things probably happened. You got some reading in. You got some reading in in your month. What did you read while you were uh, while you were away? While what, we were away. What did I read? I didn't read anything because we didn't have the internet, and I've already read all the books that I have down here. What books do you have down here? I have Atlas Shrugged. I have Atlas Bugged, which is, like, the kid's version. It's, like, a little kid's book. It's, like, John Galt isn't so much uh, a railroad person. He's more of a caterpillar. Who is John Galt? Who is John Galt? That's a great question. Uh... I also have a copy of Eat, Pray, Love, which I've been reading. <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, it's it's the one where John Galt goes missing. Really? <laughs> it's the one where John Galt goes on a uh, on a self discovery trip around Europe and he eats ice cream on the bench. That sounds uh, that sounds totally and unexpected. And he meets Javier Bardem. Really, and has a re- lovely relationship with him with Javier. Yeah. So when you say who is John Galt, you really say where is Javier Bardem? Donde está Javier Bardem? <clears throat> as they say in Espanol. Yes. Uh, I don't which speak is, Spanish. Which where, is where? Bardem's native language. <clears throat> Good. He, speaks, he speaks Spanish first. That, that, that's good. What, what, what other languages does Javier Bardem speak? Probably German. Okay. And English, definitely. He's okay. a very good English speaker. Uh-huh. I saw that movie. Uh, yeah, The English Patient. Um, so, I guess uh, I guess we've got a little bit of catching up to do. Um, Let's get a look at the ticker tape machine. Oh, and the ticker machine is broken because there's too much news. So much news. we got a news backlog. we got, like, <clears throat> a news earwax plug stuck in our ear. Uh, so we got to get it out with that Q-tip, uh, but you don't want to push it in. Don't use a Q-tip. You should use like that water stuff. Water? Water, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that water stuff is always water. Always water. You spray it into ear. You plug it out. Let's. The first bit of earwax to fall out of the ear is about Mr. Phelps. Hunter, would you please? Uh, well, uh, it's a pretty straightforward headline. I'm assuming it's coming from the Huffington Post because I'm reading it and that's all I do. Uh, Fred Phelps dies at 80 sips. Womp, 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 womp. Fred Phelps, uh, so he's dead. A uh, lot of questions, a lot of, lot of answers, I guess. And they've already been asked and answered. There's nothing to say about Fred Phelps. You know, honestly. I still, I think there's, there's some stuff that that goes unsaid. You know, uh, and and I don't think we're gonna see, um, I don't think we're gonna see some of these things, uh, you know, in his obituaries. But we really have to acknowledge the fact that um, Fred Phelps. Is the uh, he holds the record for the 104 and backstroke? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the most decorated Olympian of all time in in Olympic history, and I, yeah. and I think you know what's what's so remarkable about uh, about Mr. Phelps is his his ability to overcome adversity. You know, born in a small town in Mississippi, he rose to such lofty heights, um, <clears throat> never learning how to swim, uh, and miraculously finds himself at the 2012. Uh, Summer Olympics and uh, and does it all. Mm-hmm. Know, does one, two, and three. Good for him and stuff. Now, yeah. so, like, uh, we all know everything that there is to say about Fred Phelps. But yeah. the one thing that was never released, yeah. because this only happened a couple of days ago, yeah. is... Your uh, birth certificate, Fred. Where's the birth certificate? No, I have it in my back pocket. Oh, actually. okay, so that he's not a Kenyan. No, he was, he was he was born in Mississippi. Miss, Miss, Miss Skippies. All right, well, what was the last thing, then? Last thing was, well, it was his March Madness bracket. His Manx Madness? I mean, that's how he died. He died of March Madness. You know, it's a really... Oh. Oh. Terrifying disease. Gosh. I have a little bit of it. You do. Uh, I do. I don't want to talk about it because then you're going to kick me out of the bunker. Anyway, Fred Phelps, his bracket, we don't know who he chose. 
so let's let's speculate. I love speculating. Let's contemplate and speculate what may have apparated on his bracketed. Okay, so so what are we thinking? Uh, Final Four is that, that we're going to talk four. about? Let's say Iowa State's on there. Definitely, just, just like definitely. because you know, Heartland of, of America. Oh, like Iowa mid, 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 The flyover states got to stick with the other flyover states. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Iowa State's there. Uh, Wichita. Wichita State, yeah, it's uh, they've had a great year, uh, um, and, and I think I think we really appreciate the fact that uh, Fed Phelps, you know, obviously uh, hated idolaters and idolatry, but you know he does respect a good, you know, perfect record every once in a while. God has a perfect record, so too does Wichita State. Yes. Um, <clears throat> who else we have on that list? Uh, Topeka University. Topeka University, uh, the Fighting Topeaks, and. Uh, and then, uh, oddly enough, uh, UCLA. Um, he never really liked them, but he just he he put them in there because he wanted to see the godless people from Los Angeles uh, cry at the hands of Wichita when they win the tournament. Yeah, the 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 tournament, the tournament, 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 the mint, the mint tour, the Tour de France, Tour de France. Um, yeah, so I think, I think, you know, uh, so who does he have squaring off for the final? Do we uh, it's going to be Wichita versus UCLA. Okay. And Wichita is going to win, uh, 173 to two. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Jason then, Collins will score the only basket for UCLA. And then, so what happens? Wait, I'm confused. How does God win in all of this? Touchdown. Touchdown, God wins. Touchdown, Jesus. That's that's great. And, you know, again, we have to really respect the fact that, that Fred Phelps stood by his convictions, uh, that <clears throat> that God wins in the end. God um, loves a good basketball God game. Fred Phelps loves, loves a good basketball game. Um... So uh, what else do we have for uh, for news? I, I think we've... We've, uh, we've exhausted it, and now we shall never speak his name again. Yep. Uh, next piece of news, what are we looking at? Um, my goodness. Uh, another Huffington Post A really vague Huffington Post article. So I think we're going uh, to talk a little bit about this because it's fun. Uh, four reasons why uh, Crimea is the most tense place in the Ukraine. It doesn't uh, tell us what the four reasons are because we don't have access to the article, just to the headline. Four reasons why Crimea is the most tense place. Crimea, okay. Crimea. Okay, so not one of those little mushrooms. No. The cry, cry, cry um, so, so four reasons why Crimea is the most tense place in Ukraine. Uh, number one reason, Rob, what do you think? What do you think it is? The number one reason I would say that Crimea is tense is because of coffee intake. Yeah. You, and I think we always have to take... Take it into consideration, coffee intake plus whether or not the individual is taking St. John's Wort at the time. <clears throat> and, of course, whether or not they're on Crocodile at the same time. Crocodile. Crocodile. Uh, yeah. Yellow Brew Crocodile. Uh, veins. Uh, that was uh, Russian-Ukrainian for, I like crocodiles, that was vague. Um, so, uh, that was our number one reason why, uh, Crimea is, actually, I think we're doing a countdown, so that was our number four reason why Crimea is the most tense place in Europe. Sure. Ukraine. Uh, number three reason. Uh, is it my turn? Do I get to, oh man, okay, so, so here's what I'm thinking. So, Crimea woke up this morning, it's like, man, it's gonna be a great day, I'm gonna get all my stuff done, leaves the house uh, after making himself eggs, goes to work, at work he realizes, Oh my god, I left the oven on. I turned the, 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 the heat element on the top, walks home. His house is not burnt down, but it's been eating at him all day. So that's the number three reason why Crimea is the It's most- just another one of those things. You know, did I unplug the thing? Did I leave the thing plugged in? Is the stuff burning? Is it not? I don't know. Crimea. <clears throat> number two reason. Rob, tell me. Tell me, tell hmm, me, tell me. I think the number two reason is that Ukraine hasn't gotten laid in a very long time. How long? 
1854. Really? What happened in 1854? Uh, Tell me a little bit about history, uh, what's going on at this period. Well, 1854 uh, is a wonderful year. Uh, yep. Civil War is at its peak. Yep. Uh, Topeka. Yep. Of the Civil it's War. Topeka. Yeah. Topeka. And uh, in Ukraine, I mean, just he's jonesing for a little bit, uh, uh, yeah, for a little bit of that. Got you know? my fix. And then Florence Nightingale comes along, fixes that problem, and since 1854, which you do the math, how long is that? A lot. <clears throat> Good. Good math. 160-something years. Yep. hundreds. I think it's 160, 168 exactly. years. Okay, good. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Ukraine hasn't gotten laid in a while, and, you know, you, you got to, you know, dip your wig in order to, you know, uh, make sure that you stay in the Ukraine. When you don't do that, you get annexed by Russia, and Russia will get you laid. I heard, and this is not related at all to why Ru- Crimea is the most tense place in the Ukraine, but I heard that when Russia officially annexed the Ukraine this morning, uh, there were fireworks. Rob, why aren't there fireworks when I wake up in the morning? Because you're not important enough, Hunter. Also, people don't know. Like, I'm the only person who knows when you've woken up, and because like you're the only person who lives in the Ukraine. Uh, I'm sorry, who lives in the bunker? I'm not going to set up fireworks because I don't want to set up the smoke alarms. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know setting up the fireworks inside the bunker maybe not a good idea. But whatever. yeah, I mean, there, there's also like the added thing is that like now that Crimea has been annexed by Russia. Yep. Now that that's happened. Um, yeah, of course, Crimea will get laid now. You know, ever since 1854, it's you know been on a on a, a dry streak, a lay track. It's going to get a little bit of the AIDS, though, isn't it? It might. It might. Russia is the number two place for AIDS in the whole wide world after Botswana. Sub-Saharan. What? Botswana. Say that again. Botswana. Say it again. Botswana. Say it again. Botfly. Okay. Bot- now we're- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're done. Um. Uh, number one reason why Crimea is stressed. Go. Uh. Well, you know, I mean, I think, I think the only, uh, the only reason why Crimea ought to be stressed in the first place is uh, <clears throat> horses. Horses are terrifying she-monsters and we all know all horses are female. And, and so when you wake up in the morning and you are face-to-face with a horse, it's just staring you down. That's, that's when you know. That's when you know You've lost it. You know what's interesting is that you're wrong about the number really? one reason why Crimea is. It's actually, I'm, I'm regularly wrong. About Crimea that. is actually stressed because Duke lost and its brackets ruined now. Oh. This is why you never put money on Duke. Ever. This Don't is why ever. you never watch sports <laughs> and instead you make podcasts. Yeah. And drink <laughs> beer. <laughs> Uh, no one listens. No one listens. <laughs> no one's out there. <laughs> Lifting the veil. Okay. So that was fun. That was really so, fun. So, I mean, let's recap. The four reasons are too much coffee intake. Yep. Number yep. three was... I forget. Uh, leaving the, the stove on, the oven on. Leaving the stove on. Number uh, two is that Florence Nightingale was its last main squeeze, and it was followed by Russia, who gave it the AIDS. Yeah. And number one is that you've lost. Yeah. Slash horses. Uh, I mean, there's also the whole thing about, like, being annexed by another country and being sort of, like, you know, taken. Global geopolitics is a motherfucker. Uh, so, we going on to our final section. We, I got, think we, got, got, we got one more we got story. A lot, a lot to so, so, like, uh, as we've already said, internet's been down for a month. Yeah. A lot of things have happened. A lot of things. Uh, one of the main things that's happened, number a plane one. has pulled a fucking Houdini. And let's just acknowledge the fact that CNN, as a result, has had its largest ratings boost in years. Is that true? I don't know, but they have... I, I'll, I'll believe you. CNN, Wolf Blitzer, is just raking in the money because of Malaysia. Every night he goes home and he masturbates to a picture of the Malaysian Prime Minister. Which is a really gross thing for you to do. Stop doing it, Wolf Blitzer. I don't care what Wolf Blitzer does. Send us a cease and desist. Uh... 
<laughs> so, so Wolf. But I know, I mean, like, CNN, they, they're on fucking payday right now. They get paid to just talk about the same useless talking points that I, they just get to recycle. It's beautiful. It's spectacular. Um, Will McAvoy's going to come in there one day and just punch the crap out of that man. I hate the newsroom. Can yeah. I say that? Yeah, no, no, no. You can say whatever you want. This is a safe space. The newsroom uh, is a terrible show. Yeah. And I yeah. don't like it one bit. Yep. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and I think I think they've got someone in agreement right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the headline from the Drudge Report about this issue, uh, this uh, 777 from Malaysia going AWOL, Malaysia jet debris, uh, Malaysian jet debris sank? That's a question, and I'm pretty sure the Drudge Report meant that to be rhetorical, because if you read the article... I didn't. I'm sure. I did not because I don't have the article. Yeah. But there's one person who does know the answer to the disappeared plane, and that is the pilot of the Malaysian aircraft that went missing. Welcome to the bunker. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, can I get your name just so that we everyone knows exactly what's going on? Who are you? Tell us a little about yourself. This is your captain speaking. My name is Skip McGee Forsyth. Uh-huh. And Skip, uh, how long have you been flying uh, 777s? I have been flying on this particular airline for 13 years now. 13 years? It's a long yes, time. I'm a senior captain. Prior to this, I was flying uh, Global Transit uh, based out of Kathmandu. And uh, how do you like the transition from uh, from Global Transit to uh, Malaysian Air? I have chronic diarrhea far less often. That's a, that's a very good thing. Now, uh, talk us through your your normal flight. What do you do to prepare for a flight? How is your uh, how's the flight actually play out? And uh, what do you do afterwards? Well, um, usually I get into the airplane and uh, have a double of scotch. Um, start the engines. Uh, Keep driving the plane until we uh, get airborne. Um, my co-pilot and I will try and figure out which way is north based on when we last saw the sun. And uh, we generally kind of head off into uh, that direction that we've determined. Now, I'd like to uh, backtrack a little bit. You said that you drink a double of scotch when you get into the uh, uh, into the cockpit. Now, my question is, why scotch, why not vodka? Because uh, you can't smell vodka, whereas you can smell the scotch. Well, we have vodka uh, when we are getting onto the plane. Oh. Double of vodka on the... No, we're just talking like, like straight ramp. vodka, straight scotch, like you're not a mixer. Like, do you take a neat? Like, I'm, I'm interested in, like, the drink choice of... Uh, the pilots of Malaysia Air. Well, being a pilot is a stressful job, and we like to really take the edge off. In fact, we like to completely dissolve the edge, so it's an amorphous zone of consciousness and unconsciousness. Uh, one of the things that I was really disconcerted with was your usage of the word drive. And I wonder if this is perhaps what's leading to problems with this most recent uh, flight. Obviously, one flies an airplane, wasn't one doesn't drive an airplane. Uh, do you think, you know, driving a plane, which suggests it being on the ground, may have led you to conflict because obviously the water is a lot closer to the ground than it is the air? I would like to stop you for one second. Sometimes you do drive a plane. Really? On the tarmac. Right, but he, he never clarified at what point he stopped driving the plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we are, in fact, still airborne. You're still airborne. Interesting. Yes. Okay, so that's interesting. So, um, radio contact has not been happening since, uh, it's been two weeks since we've heard radio contact from you. Uh, why? Well, um, have you ever been up in the air? One time. Well, when you are in the air, you are a king. You are your own man. You are free to do as you choose, when you choose, and how you choose. 
And frankly, ladies and gentlemen, this is the way to live. Uh, no, is everybody a king on this fight, or is it just the person you in charge of the fight? Like, I mean, oh I, no, we have elected ourselves uh, co-kings for the day. My co-pilot and I, and uh, uh, last week uh, around this time, it was a uh, gentleman in B seven and a nice elderly woman back in B twenty five. That's uh, it's really interesting to hear how uh, being in charge of an airplane really goes to your head and inflates your ego. Um, how do you uh, how do you come down? What does it feel like to get off the plane at the end of the day? Do you feel sort of an anticlimax of sorts? Well, I used to, but I don't think I'm ever going to actually leave this plane. You see, we've managed to rig up the engines to a sort of uh, perpetual motion machine. Really? Congratulations! And uh, we've managed to keep it in the air for the last two weeks. And uh, for reasons that are passing my understanding exactly, we seem to have a rather number of idiot savants aboard. And in addition to the uh, perpetual motion machine, we've also developed a large space laser with which we can hold any city in the world ransom. Um... And we've somehow managed to turn the airline food into a perpetual supply. I was going to ask, because, you know, the constant complaint is that airline food. What did you do? How do you make it more palatable, and how do you make it last? Did you take the fish or the beef? Yeah, that's another really important question. Well, uh, what we managed to do was we took a bacterial sample from a rather uh, rancid young man who was aboard the flight and managed to cultivate it into a basically limitless supply of... Protein algae. Now, this is fascinating. So, what I can gather from what you've just told us is that you are effectively a monarchy in the sky. Uh, you have it's your own sovereign states, you, of which you are the king. You have a perpetual... Well, I'm the king today, but tomorrow we are going to elect one of the aft stewardesses and uh, also a gentleman in C9. So, this is a constitutional monarchy, or it's a monarchy... It's a, it's a democratic monarchy. We rotate... Okay, good. So, uh, <laughs> my question is, um, you have this perpetual motion machine in the sky, uh, unlimited food source, will you ever come down, or will you ever tell anybody who does not reside in the last bunker where you are? Because it seems sort of suspicious that you haven't told at least Wolf Blitzer where you are. Well, I don't think that we're ever going to come down. In fact, we are making preparations to make the aircraft, uh... Uh, able to travel into space. Mm. Oh. Uh, we are days away from perfecting warp technology. Um, we've also managed, uh, when you mentioned earlier uh, about the plane being on the water, in the water, uh, that's not wrong. We have uh, managed to make the craft submersible. Uh, we have, in fact, been to the lost city of Atlantis. So, Also, we've managed to perfect time travel. So, <laughs> so you are a... Uh... You know, a modern-day uh, Nemo. You are traveling around as you would, uh, un- unbounded by the limits of space and time. Uh, you know, how do you keep that ego in check? Well, um, l- well, perhaps this would be a good moment to introduce you to my co-captain, uh, Captain Nemo. Ah, Captain Nemo, how are you today? Good day. Uh, Nemo, now you sound like uh, you're a gruff man. It sounds like the, uh, is it the alcohol that's uh, <clears throat> grinding along your throat? I'm 300 years old. Ah, he's a very old man. Now, have you been drinking since you were, like, you know, younger? Or like, when did you start drinking vodka and scotch before you started flying? I'm half squid. 
Uh, okay, so Captain Nemo, it sounds like the uh, the whole vocal affect is really a, you know, a uh, glottalization caused by your tentacles in front of your face. Is that correct? <clears throat> I have seen the birth and death of civilizations. You will not understand my point of view. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got on board this plane and uh, what, you, uh, what you're getting out of it. <clears throat> I am a creature of eternity. Uh, okay, so uh, maybe this is a nice little uh, delightful... Break from being eternal? Is that the, is that what I'm getting out of this? What, what are you, why are you here? Did you help invent the warp drive on the machine since you have like 300 years of experience and knowledge built That up? is a lot of experience. Uh, perhaps I should bring in our third co-captain. Uh, that would be uh, a gentleman you might be familiar with. Uh, his name is uh, James Tiberius Kirk. James, James Tiberius Kirk? Well, it's an honor, sir. Welcome. Hello. And, uh... How, so, drunk, how drunk are you right now? Kirk? Yeah, scale of one to extremely drunk. I can't really say. Uh... Can you try? Yeah. Where the hell am I? Well, uh, it sounds like you're on a, uh, space plane, um, with Captain Nemo, and, uh, I, I totally am... I, Squid. Uh, no, 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 he's the, he's, he is Nemo. Oh, Nemo is um, the, uh, and, uh, um... Skip. Skippy? 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 Skip? Something like that? Uh, it's all, this is all... We're not, we're not good with names, we're the only two people who, with whom we, you know, have contact, so... Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, uh, what you see in your cockpit right now. Uh, what is around you? We're in some kind of nebula, and... Spock, what do the sensors show? Spock, where are you? Hmm. I appear to have been transported down to the surface. So it sounds like uh, there isn't a Spock. I might recommend if you want to talk to a horrifying alien being, you talk to Nemo, because it sounds like he might be the guy in charge. I have a theory. You have a theory? Please theorize. <clears throat> Skip. Skip. Are you? Uh, in, yes, this is here. Are you, in fact, Nemo and, and Kirk at the same time? Uh, no, they are definitely sitting uh, to the side of me and behind me. I think he's gone mad. I think I think this is a character. This is the dog from My Dog Skip, if personified, uh, with Captain Nemo from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and I think this is all in some crazy person's head. How did you find? Oh, who are who are we talking to, Rob? Who did you call up? You know, uh, How did uh, you get uh, this interview? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Skip. Do me a favor. Earmuffs. Muffs it. Earmuffs. All right, awesome. We can't. Tell him that he's actually insane. I don't know what's going on, Rob. We can't know what's going on. Is this one of your friends? Just, just, just go with it. Just go with it. Let okay, him relieve. Okay. It's like a sleepwalking person. If you wake them up, then terrible things They'll happen. They'll shit themselves. I don't want to die today. I, All well, right, ready? Okay, earmuffs off. Muffs it off. Well, actually, I don't have earmuffs here because we don't uh, actually have any aboard. But um, it's easy to... Uh, to call a man insane when he's experienced the joy and freedom of uh, complete control over his surroundings and his life circumstances. What are, what are you wearing right now, if I may ask? I'm wearing a cloak of solid gold. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are a uh, you are a god king. It sounds like uh, in no, I would not. A, uh... I would not go so far as to call myself a god yet. Um, <laughs> Is that a but, life goal? Aspirational. Uh, well, it depends on uh, the will of the entire crew. Perhaps I should bring uh, 
a member of the passengers uh, uh, into the front here. All right, would you please introduce this person to us? <clears throat> yes, uh, this is uh, Mr. Rajaman Singh. Uh, he's a passenger from uh, Calcutta, and he is on his way to go visit his grandmother. Uh, uh, Mr. Rajaman Singh, welcome aboard uh, our show, if I may use the ship metaphor, because everything's gone crazy. Uh, Rajaman, would you uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on up there? Oh, yes. Uh, we have found that uh, life in the sky is really quite preferable to life on the Earth. Now, why have... Uh, I'm, I'm interested, because you said you were going to visit your family. Uh, they must be concerned about your whereabouts. You obviously are not so concerned with their emotions. Why? Oh, fuck them. Um, <laughs> I've become a transient being who is going to travel uh, through the stars, so... Really doesn't matter to me. Now you've been to Atlantis. You've been under the sea. You've uh, you're you're working going to space. You're about to uh, speed up sp- uh, space time. What's your favorite place and why? Waikiki Beach, uh, nineteen seventy two. What was so great about nineteen seventy two in Waikiki? <clears throat> Bikinis, man. Ah, uh, Rajaman Singh. He uh, he knows the simpler uh, tastes. You know, you know what it is. It's just timeless. All right. It's just like some things are permanent through all space time. Um, Bikinis, it sounds like, so are one of them, uh, certainly in 1972. Um, <clears throat> so have you ever uh, at all been concerned for your uh, your life aboard this this flight? Um, are you are you worried, Mr. Singh? No, the algae is quite good, and we still have a very reasonable supply of scotch. And uh, would you recommend this sort of flight to anyone, or would it be a more uh, select, specific uh, crew? <clears throat> Well, I mean, if you have a mad genius scientist who happened to be a first-class passenger in uh, turning the ship slowly but surely into some kind of trans-dimensional uh, arc of the covenant, then, uh, yes, you should probably get on that flight. Now, you, you, your captain had mentioned that every single person on board the flight is somewhat of an idiot savant. Uh, what's your special talent? I work in, in uh, IT. Oh, in IT. So, uh, I'm going to sound like a racist, but do you work in a call center? No, actually, I'm a nanotechnologist. See, now you are a racist. I'm a racist now. Yes. I've always been. I have, in fact, uh, designed a protozoa that will cause us all to live essentially forever. I was wondering, how are you going to manage to pull that off? But it sounds like you've got that one worked out too, Mr. Singh. Yes, we traveled through time 5,000 years into the future, and uh, another one of our members of our crew happens to be rather a very skillful thief. And I have to ask, <clears throat> you know, we're here on Earth. What can Earthlings look forward to over the next... I don't know, a couple hundred or thousand years. <clears throat> well, for about another thousand years, starting in about two weeks, you'll be enduring rather a painful desertification of the land and a destruction of your ozone that will leave most of you as blighted cancerous monsters. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty exciting. Sounds like it? Tuesday to me. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We have perfected time travel, and we are about to be heading off into the distant future, uh, where we will all enjoy the beauty and the bounty of traveling through the stars and enjoying a kind of uh, blissful, angelic existence. So, 
Please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray tables in the upright position. At this time, I think uh, from both Rob and I, I want to thank you, Skip, for coming on board and letting us talk to you, both you and uh, some of the passengers and crew. That Have a good time in space time. Yeah, really enjoy it. Uh, thank you. Long voyage. I, and... I, I pity your existence that you will die horrible deaths in the coming nuclear winter. Okay, uh, Malaysian Air, you are clear for takeoff. Thank you. Uh, wow, Rob, that was... Uh, that was terribly exciting. Oh uh, that guy was crazy. <laughs> that guy was I think, I think crazy. May, I think he may have been. I think it's safe to say that, like, for maybe a week or so, we shouldn't let people into the bunker. Definitely not. No, I don't think we should have anyone. Near I don't feel safe here anymore. I'm, like, I'm not. Yeah. Should we relocate? Do you think we should go up? Do you think we should get out of here? I think that we should consider going up. But honestly, if if, if this is what happens to people above ground. Yeah, just completely. Is this lose the radiation talking? I think this is. I think that's the radiation talking. I think it's okay. Just you know, the afterscape is not helping anyone. No, it's not a good situation, and uh, you know, I just I kind of wish that. <clears throat> how many months ago? Three, four months ago now? Five months ago? How long uh, has it uh, been? Uh, November, December, January, February. Five. Oh my God! Five. September, November, January. Decadohedron. Joe. Uh, Alamogordo. Trilobite. Um. <laughs> Those are the months that have passed, and it's it's driving me mad. And it sounds like it's driving a lot of people uh, bonkers up above. Am I right? Am I right, Rob? You are right, Rob. I'm Rob. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think we've got a little bit more time. We're going to cover a few more things, and uh, then be done. Yeah, <clears throat> I have nothing else. Oh, okay. Well, then we're not going to cover anything else at all. Um, <clears throat> do you want to play a game before we go, or do you want to call it? <clears throat> Ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, we lost. Scissors, scissors. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Paper, paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Scissors, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> I swear we're not making this up. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah! Paper covers rock. I got your rock. So that means you get to have one free wish. What do you wish for? Thanks, Rob. That was great. Uh, and I think we're going to call it right now. So uh, until next time, um, don't drink the water. Don't, don't breathe the air. Yeah, exactly. Put your uh, you know, seat backs and tray tables into their full upright position. And your head between your legs. Uh, thanks a lot, Rob. Kiss your ass goodbye because Malaysian air is going into space in five, four, three, three two, one. Yeah. <laughs>